found out uh, Amazon's moving to my area. You guys read about that? Like they, they picked my area, and I gotta tell you, when you rent, like it is not good when nice things are coming to your area. <laughs> like crime is the best form of rent control. <laughs> you hear someone get murdered, you're like, thank God. <laughs> We're gonna be okay for a little while. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Run Your Mouth. Flying solo this week. I need to hire a non-Joseph to uh, to work with me on the show. I seem to have two guys, one married, one in a relationship. Neither one of them can get out of their house. So, you know, if you want to be able to uh, podcast to not a whole lot of people, just make sure not to be married or be in relationships. It's the only way you can really get out there and uh, share your nonsense. Otherwise, you know, your wife or girlfriend will be like, this is a bunch of nonsense. I don't want you leaving the house and running your mouth, which I can understand. But I don't have that in my life, so I get to, you know, spew my nonsense. And the first thing I want to talk about I've always had a theory that I think that nations, borders, states, these things, they divide us. At the end of the day, people are people. I could sit down. I could have a, I could have a beer with almost anyone, and I'm going to get along with them. It's going to be great. And so I had the opportunity to explore whether or not this theory was right. The other night, I met this, uh, like, because I do think uh, there's a lot. It, the second Planet of the Apes movie is really what showed this to me. It's fear of other. It, it's always like this thing of, hey, if we don't get them, they're going to get us first. So I had a chance to test this theory. I met this uh, very pretty Palestinian lady. She uh, grew up in Ramallah. She was uh, out in Washington. And I was like, man, this is so interesting. I get to test this theory in action. I get to sit down, make conversation, and see if my theory is accurate, that people are people and we can all just relate. And um, I discovered that if there's a wall somewhere and that, you know, if you lived on the nice side of the wall and somebody lived on the other side of the wall, they probably don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so that's all I can say about that. Not that my other theory was uh, was disproven, but... All right, moving on. Uh, basically, don't talk politics if you're trying to get laid. That's the real lesson to be learned on that one. Uh, now, the other thing I learned while I was out in Washington is I always suspected that in New York City, we would almost be better off if bars didn't close at four in the morning. Because firstly, there's nothing worse than when you actually are like really seeing it through to see like if you're going to get some action and then it's four in the morning to find out you're striking out. It's a terrible feeling. You're like, I wish this bar just closed at 2 a.m. and I could have found that. I also like always suspect suspected that maybe if, when bars closed at like 2 a.m., maybe like that lights like house party action that everyone's, you know, people weren't done drinking. So someone would be like, hey, let's go hang out in my garage or I, I maybe that wouldn't be fun for you. But that's the kind of thing I'd be into or like I still live in my parents basement, but I got a whole bag of men. I'm a weird person, but I, I always kind of envision that maybe bars being closed early would lead to a good afterhang. And what I've discovered in Washington was the bars closed at 2 a.m. And at 2 a.m., you're not quite done drinking. Like you're, you're probably you're like you want like at least two or three more beers or something. You know what I mean? Like I, I you're at the bar. You're not quite done. And what I discovered is when they close the bar at 2 a.m., people leave the bar and they're like, I'm not done drinking. I'm going to fucking fight you. <laughs> and that's what it was. It was just like. All out, it was just people walking around looking for fights, and Washington, D.C. has a very different attitude to fights than the way they handle in New York City. I saw an all-out brawl bust out, and then I saw a bunch of women just kicking the shit out of each other. I mean, grabbing hair, landing hard punches, uppercuts, like, these, these chicks, they knew how to fight, and then these two cops came out of nowhere, 
and they tackled them into a metal barricade. Just wrestled them to the floor, tackled them into a metal barricade. And I start getting nervous because I'm not far from here. And if you're in New York City and you're just around that, just like everyone's getting arrested, everyone's getting pulled in. But I'm t- they were so casual about fighting in Washington, D.C. It was like it was like it was a game of tag. It was like since the cop tagged them, now they're out. They had to go home. Everyone's like, okay, we were we were tackled fair and square. They dusted it off. Everyone went their own way. Man, it was something else. You did not see that in uh in in New York City. Um, all right, so let's grind the news. First thing I want to talk about is uh Chris Pine's penis. I don't know if you guys had a chance to uh to check that out, but that was uh that was all over the news. All the talk of male nudity, the males getting out there and showing off what they got. Um, and firstly, in terms of this specific instance, don't tease us, Chris Pine. You know, you had to like rewind, keep rewinding to be like, how big is that thing? Where's the whole thing? How much of it am I really seeing? Is it just the shadow of the water? You know, if you're going to bust it out, let it let us see this thing in all of its glory. And um, this is what I'm thinking. You ever see a male movie star like or just like a dude in a movie with his penis? I think it's just big penis people who told the directors like, hey, listen, I'm not doing this movie unless you get me fluffed up and let me expose myself once. I'm telling that's the only, you know, you never seen like little dicks in movies and it never has anything to do with the movie. It's just some movie star who wants to get it out there. Hey, look at, look at what I'm packing. Um, so here's some long rods I've seen in movies. First, the ones that comes to mind is uh, Jason Siegel and forgetting Sarah Marshall. That was unnecessary in the movie. Or even this one's surprising, Joe Lo Trigger. Gello, no way that's pronounced that way, but he was the he's the dude in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He plays the nerdy one, and if you you go watch Wonderlust, that guy's he, he's pack, he's packing a long run. I mean, that one's surprising, totally unnecessary in the movie. I'm telling you, these are all just dudes. They want to get the word out there. The one exception would be uh, Officer Farver, Officer Farva in the first Super Troopers, and you know. Why don't we take a moment and thank him for making us feel better about ourselves? Um, also, just generally speaking, Netflix getting a little smuttier. It's like going the way of the uh, the old HBO. They're putting more of what just borders on like what the, what that late night real sex thing was. I say that as our podcast itself is getting smuttier. But I had this because who actually uses their own Netflix? I was on my friend's network Netflix, and they had some. Uh, some program about, uh, man, I can't remember the guy's name, but I guess he's an old school Italian porn star, Rocco something. I don't know, but it was like, he was auditioning other people and you're browsing around Netflix and you're there to watch movies. There's plenty of porn on the internet. You don't really need to go to Netflix for porn, but then you see that and you're like, what the fuck is Netflix doing here? And then you end up watching nine seasons of it because you want to see how far they're willing to take this thing. But then I realized like I was in my friend's account and he's he's married and i was like oh boy i'm gonna get this guy in trouble you, you forget about single life that there's literally no one who ever keeps tabs on you or anything which is probably sweet that's probably not like the way you're supposed to live your life um so sorry my friend if i got you in trouble for watching porn on your netflix or maybe that's a free pass now maybe you can go ham and just blame it on me all right so let's get into the news a little bit email me robsnewsroom at gmail.com we got a request to cover uh, Trump clashing with Jim Acosta, uh, and all the outrage about the doctored footage that came out afterwards. So first is, I want to play the question that came up after Jim Acosta, and I'm sure we've gotten into this before, but it's such a weird 
it, it it's just such a weird format. It's almost like insults coming in question form. Like, how do you respond to allegations that you're a vile human being in destroying the country? Or how do you respond to rumors of increased droning attacks and that you need slaves to hold up your rolls of fat while you pee in a urinal? It's, you know, it's like they're pretending to ask questions while really just stating their opinions on things in a way that's, you know, they're usually attacking or being a little bit offensive with it. So here, let's listen to the question after Jim Acosta's and then we're going to work backwards. President, over the course over the course of the last several days of the campaign, sir, sir, at the end of the campaign, you repeatedly said that Americans need to fear Democrats. You said Democrats would unleash a wave of violent crime that endangers families everywhere. Why are you pitting American crime? Why Peter. are you pitting Americans Peter. against one another, sir? Peter, what do you- like, do they ever think he's actually? You know what? You're right. I never thought about that. What you said, I'm going to do. You're 100% right. I'm an asshole. I'm trying to ruin the country. That's what I'm doing here. It's a weird format. So now let's go back to uh, to Jim Acosta's question where he was kind of having it out with Trump. And it's such a weird thing because you see the side view. They're so close at each other. They're basically just, you know, yelling insults at each other. Here it goes. Let's let it rip. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. These were These were people. This was an actual... You know, it happened a few days ago, and uh, they're hundreds of miles away. Though they're hundreds and hundreds of miles you know away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN, right. and if you did it well, your ratings. Let me ask you. If I may ask one other question, Mr. President, if I may ask one other question, are you worried? About, that's enough. That's enough, Mr. President. That's enough. I, I enough. Ask one of the, the other folks. That's that, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President. Me. That's enough, Mr. President. I one of the questions. If I may ask. All right, so I'm going to give the play-by-play. If you haven't seen it, they basically, this is such a great move. It's so slick, but basically they want to take the microphone away from the guy. And maybe in old times, or you would think like if you're trying to uh, regain decorum in a room, someone's asking inappropriately, you're going to rip a microphone away from them. Two giant hunk of dudes would come over from the Secret Service, just sit the guy down and take it out of his hands. But in the time we live in, they send over some pretty chick because it's assumed, I think, that you're just going to comply. No one wants to be having physical altercations with pretty chicks. So it's almost like, you know, it's like the the same thing the immigrants are doing. You put the women in front so that the, you know, no one could be, uh, no one can aggress towards them. They're using the same move here. They're throwing in the pretty intern. But then what's so weird about the pretty intern is the way that she like grabs at the microphone is, is it a little bit sexual? And then she looks back at Donald Trump for approval, like like she's some Asian sex slave, like, Daddy, what should I do? He, he didn't give it to me. Like, she just ducks. It's really weird. It's like a, a weird level of obedience. So and then what the outrage was later was that the uh, video was edited. And it's clear that the video was edited, but it's not clear that it has any impact whatsoever. You watch the two side by side. It like it doesn't make it look to me like Jim Acosta was more aggressive in one than the other. And they were doing these full breakdowns of like Jackie Chan explaining what happens. By the way, I, I saw that video because I, I, I kind of stole his theory on that shit for Newsroom. And, you know, me as a filmmaker and all the unbelievable things we did over there. <laughs> but Jackie Chan explaining uh, kind of pausing things on the hit so that it looks like the hit had more of an impact as opposed to moving too quickly so that the human eyes can't quite register uh, the impact. So people were getting really into it. They had these video experts breaking down exactly how you could see that they had paused it for longer, but I, literally zero impact. So it's weird because everyone kind of looks bad on this one. You got the press being ridiculous because they're going nuts over like this weird edit, and then you get um, the White House being busted for clearly editing something and basically trying to manufacture propaganda, even though they don't even do a good job at it. Like if, if you're going to go ahead and, you know, make propaganda, make it like the guy tried punching or something. It, it was just it was a weird play. 
Um, so now Jim Acosta, he got his credentials reinstated. At first, it was taken back, and apparently they're going to put like new rules in place that basically decorum rules. And this was great. Sarah B. Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was saying, listen, if they just acted like adults, we wouldn't have to do this, but they're acting like kids. And, uh, so we're going to have to have just rules of normalcy. And I'm guessing that rules of normalcy for Donald Trump will be that you have to start the meeting off complimenting his hair. Like if you don't compliment his hair, if you're not going to play nice, they're not going to take your questions. Uh, next big thing that was going on this week in the news was all the shenanigans down in Florida. Uh, and part of what was going on was sloppy signatures, which do you ever sign your name the same way twice? I pay zero attention. Like, especially, I, I don't know. It's sometimes I would do RB. Sometimes I do my full name. Sometimes I do someone else's name. Who gives a shit? It's like dumb. Cr- yeah, I don't know. Who pays attention to their signature? And for all of you people out there who actually think voting is worth something or that the Russians undermined our democracy. And now I get that we're bordering probably on conspiracy talk here, but you read all these things about how easily hackable our election uh, systems are. Those news stories are coming out all the time. And then you read about how many people, whether or not they shouldn't be voting are voting that possibility. And then you read about this where, it, you know, they're like, we're, we're enforced deadlines for the recount. Is this system really worth anything? I mean, I, do you really have faith in this at all? I don't know. That's kind of what I took from it. I don't really have the particulars here. Maybe I should have wrote more of them down, but I was reading through the articles. Just the whole thing seems sloppy. It does not seem like they have a great handle on it. All right. So this was from uh, page one of the uh, Wall Street Journal. And what's nice about Trump is sometimes you do learn some valuable lessons from him. And I was reading about uh, the article headline was Trump played central role in playoffs despite denials. And they're talking about how involved he was and trying to get Stormy Daniels paid. And there's one thing you can learn from Trump. It's that if you're having sex, always pay cash up front. Like, these people have so much cash. Why are you leaving this to the lawyers? All right. Next is Amazon is coming to Long Island, um, Long Island City. And that's my hood. You know, I'm, I'm on I'm on the ground floor of this one. I'm going to be watching it unfold. So I was reading a couple articles on what we can expect. And they said that the people who currently work at the Amazon out in Seattle, this was from a uh, Seattle celebrity chef is chef. He was saying they want cheap and they travel in in, in packs. Um he said the young techies will fill the ten seat tables at his Brave Horse Tavern for lunch, and then they come back for happy hour. They wear color-coded ID badges signaling how long they've worked for Amazon. Um, many take their dogs for midway walks. Amazon lets thousands of canines accompany their owners to the office, so basically we can expect a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm particularly annoyed about this because I like asshole stuff. You know, like I'm drinking kombucha. The price of that's going to go up. I belong to, the, to this gym that has like uh, uh, climbing walls and shared workspace. You think I'm going to be able to afford that gym membership once Amazon comes? That's like right where Amazon's going to be. The answer is no. And it's going to get worse than that because firstly, traffic is already a nightmare. And if they plan on improving it, that's going to be the worst thing. This is the worst thing that can happen in Manhattan is that you're renting in an area and the city actually decides that they're going to improve the area. They're going to improve the MTA. So what happens is while you're wearing living there, the area becomes unbearable to live in because of all the construction that they do on the subway. They shut it down every night. They're making things look fancy. They're doing upkeep. I'm dealing with this right now. The subway does not stop late at night near my apartment. It is it is so fucking annoying. It can take me a half hour. I got to walk from the subway to my apartment, which at two in the morning is not fun. 
Uh, and so what happens is they'll do the construction, and then finally when the construction's over and it's great, you just can't afford to live there anymore. You're there for all the shit time, and then all of a sudden these other... <coughs> and then here's the other annoying part. If we do end up with more traffic it, and just they don't fix it and you end up with like subways that are more cluttered, it's not the fun characters. Like I took a train out to uh, Long Island the other day. Long Island Railroad, you get some weirdos on there. There was this guy... I, I don't know what happened with his wife. Something happened with his wife, but the entire train, it looked like the guy was about to go post. He was holding his phone and he kept signing into it and then mashing the, the phone in his hands while just cringing his entire face. It, it was almost looked like uh, he was on like a coked out cycle where he couldn't stop doing it. And then he would get up, walk to the doors to check and see if maybe we were near a stop and then pace around, go back to just so angry. And then behind him was this, con, you know, off work construction worker I'm going to say 25 year old Timberland boots, just crushing like those tall, uh, cores who even drinks just regular cores, but he's drinking like the, the long cores and just being like this fucking guys, you know, those are fun people. These Amazon people, if I could get packed into them with, uh, you know, in, in the subway, not cool. So here was another article, uh, that someone was saying, and I love the, the thought of this, that the reason why Amazon ended up picking both Washington and New York was just as a fuck you to Trump. Just to be like, hey, listen, you know, you can go be president, but we're going to be the king of New York City real estate. I'm going to buy a mansion that's bigger than your White House, and I just want you to know that I'm richer than you. I'd love nothing more than to see Jeff Bezos get like a Trump wig and just get on the news and just be like, I'm richer than you, okay? I just want you, I have more money than you do, okay? Uh, And then... How they ended up in New York is insane. There was a $3 billion incentive plan. So here, this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. And I think that this was uh, um, was actually posted by Amazon. They were bla- bragging to their shareholders about the deal that they got. So here we go. New York is even more generous with starting subsidies of one of $1.525 billion. As Amazon put it on its website, this works out to $48,000 per job. Apparently, bodega owners in Brooklyn are supposed to be happy about subsidizing a third of the salaries of hipster techies. And then here's the other thing. You got to realize, you know, Google's uh, also in this area. All these other companies have to compete with Amazon for tech talent. And so if they already have the leg up that the equivalent of $50,000 of people's salaries are covered by the government, like in other words, they only, and by the way, it's not, I don't think it's like the government's handing them 50 grand for every person they hire. I think it's just that whatever uh, tax benefits they gave them work out to the equivalent of that. So that means they have an extra $50,000 to play on every single person and to attract you know, better talent and crush the competition. It's crazy. The other way that they got this passed was something called the Opportunity Zones Program, which is great because you always have these things that they tell you, hey, we got to do these things for the poor communities. We're going to come in and we're going to establish this for for the little guy. We got to come in. And so the Opportunity Zone Program, the idea was that if you had, uh, from what I understand, you had poor areas, they were going to create tax cuts to companies that would invest in those areas. That if you were to come into a poor area and actually invest in like opening up offices there, there would be tax incentives to do that so that hopefully we could have a little more quality and we could build up poor areas, give companies an incentive to work there. So what's great is you get, from what I understand, you get rich people who manage to figure out crazy ass loopholes. They sit down and they figure out, oh, look, you got this area, Long Island City by the Queensboro Bridge. And for some reason, it's labeled as an opportunity zone because just five years ago, it was this rundown warehouses. But all of a sudden, it's this fancy, it's like almost like this is a mispriced area and that it's labeled as an opportunity zone that's um, eligible for these tax credits that clearly it shouldn't be eligible for. And I just love every time that, you know, they go, hey, we're here for the little 
little guy. And it just seems to me like every time that happens, it's just a loophole that ends up getting, uh, ex- uh, it's just a loophole that the rich are able to take advantage of because they're the only ones who are slick enough to actually know that there's something called an area of an opportunity zone and then to have an account and figure out, well, what opportunity zone provides the best opportunity? All right. So I will uh, keep you guys in the loop on more Amazon stuff as it comes out. Firstly, I'm fascinated by this one that because I've said I'd like to see government be more localized. It does force uh, states to kind of compete forces states to kind of operate more like businesses and actually offer incentives. In this case, it would be almost a model uh, against what I was saying because the largest corporations are almost winning out when the states compete because uh, they they use the limited resources that they did to kind of you know give it to an institution like Amazon or give it to a football stadium or just kind of give it to the wealthy. So maybe even on a localized level, it doesn't work. So I guess uh, this one at first, when we were covering the story a while back, uh, I thought kind of proved my theory that like, hey, look, we can really do can we can force government to compete. But it looks like when they do compete, even that kind of leads to uh, to fraud. I hadn't thought about that till right now. But, I, you know, I guess some of my theories are kind of being shot down this week. But uh, these things happen. OK, so that's it for this week. Uh, hit us up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you got any uh, interesting news stories you want us to cover, questions, comments, concerns, uh, other than that, we'll uh, keep you on the loop on the Amazon stuff. Hopefully, I'll be back with the uh, Joseph crew next week. Actually, I'm hoping to track down Yosef. Uh, I want to do a, a Thanksgiving fat fuckery episode. Just do some, maybe, a, maybe, maybe a Thanksgiving meal recap. Maybe it'll just be a short phone call or recap who overate more on their Thanksgiving. And maybe I'll even I'll, I'll throw it out there as a challenge to him of who can more overindulge at their meal. And uh, maybe maybe we can even get odds on who you think will more overeat. I'm, I'm definitely the underdog on that, um, especially because I, I like to drink more, which uh, maybe we could do overall calories in, it, that also includes alcohol and over a full day because I can put up some real numbers with cake and booze. Dude, I, I could potentially give Yosef a run for his, like, he'll pound the turkey and he'll kind of go for, you know, standard fare and he might overdo it on bread. But when it comes to like those really high calorie items, like I'm talking like cake, scotch, beers over the course of a day, and I got more energy. I could go to sleep early, like get started maybe at 5 a.m. Maybe... maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna, we're going to give Yosef a call, see if he's up for that. The Thanksgiving Day um, ultra ultra calorie marathon of who can put more calories on the board for a day. Um, I really hope we don't do that. I might just even edit that and the episode, you know, two minutes earlier so that no one heard that or gets that idea. Unless maybe you want to compete. If you want to compete in the ultra calorie Thanksgiving marathon of who can put up more calories on board for the day, email us robsnewsroom at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy the week. Later.